0: This um, shortly before a heavyweight Thursday night football matchup between the uh, Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. And on the one hand, like there's there is some exciting stuff to be had there. Uh, But on the other hand, the Dolphins scored 70 points in a game like four days ago and like like three mm -hmm. quarters (laughs) yeah Yeah, and i don't know i i'm just like having trouble getting excited for any nfl thing that is not the dolphins offense anymore is is that crazy
1: (laughs) no it's not and and uh, i was i was reminded of I felt like I was cheated, even though I didn't watch this game. I feel like I was cheated out of more highlights because I was reading, uh, is, it, is it Mike McDaniel? Is that, yes. Is that the, okay, yeah. So Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, was talking about why they did not go for the record point in a game, which I believe, I believe is 70 or, is it no, it's 73. 72. They could have. 72. 72 is the record. Okay so they they very much could have broken the record he talks about all the all the captains agreed that that we should stop in, in the name of sportsmanship um and uh we, you know we're thinking of karma and he used the word karma a bunch of times and i was struck with no score more points you are all professionals you are all getting paid for this you're going to go you're going to go back your life is good even if you lose I wanted more. I wanted a bigger blowout. And Sean, you brought this up, it was as we were talking before. I don't know that I've ever had this feeling before, but now I feel very strongly that I was cheated out of a bigger blowout because of you know Eastern Eastern thoughts, karma.
0: Well, I, I believe I believe that uh, the captains of, of of a professional football team said, "Yes, we should stop scoring." About as much as I believe Josh McDaniels' uh, uh, facility with numbers, uh, <laughs> because that that's just not how these guys are, are wired. But yeah, I, I you came to us before we started recording. And said, "I think I like blowouts now." And I, there is still a possibility that I am misremembering this, but my first reaction was, "That feels like a pretty big left turn for you." Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm the, as I've been thinking about it over the last few minutes, I think what it was is that you have long said you don't like watching blowouts when your team is involved you don't like your team blowing out an opponent and i think i understand that even less maybe but you know it's it's kind of fun watching somebody hammer somebody else
2: yeah well another example from this weekend is the uh the colorado football team and um, <laughs> that must have been the most cathartic moment of of your life, Sean. But there's just all this build up, and you know, you know, in that case, you're going to fucking
0: boat race again this weekend. Yeah, maybe, you, know, be you know,
2: in that case, that like the, most of the time, the TV the people running the TV networks, um, they're probably not rooting for a blowout. But in that case, they're probably like, Man, if if Colorado somehow boat races Oregon, then this will be like the greatest day. In the history of our in the history of our broadcasting department, but um, I, I think it's very, I think it's very context context specific. Like I wouldn't want to see my team get blown out in in no, almost any situation, not. unless I maybe wanted a particular football coach to get fired, and then maybe that would help facilitate that happening. But um, other than that, it's it's not very fun, especially in a in a hyped game.
0: Well, brother, yeah, tune into the it, CW this weekend. Oh, oh,
1: so so. Try not to think about that. We we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, we should. So or or that that actually might be in a movie theater near some as well. Unfortunately, this will come out afterwards. So we won't be charged with the crime of like abating whatever that grossness is. Um, but but Max, I think you expressed something which. Prior to this too. Which is important as we talk about blowouts. (laughs) Necessarily in blowouts. Someone scores a lot of points. Whatever. Whatever sport it is. And I think you are very celebratory. Of that. But are there any caveats to that?
3: Um. I mean in general. My gut reaction is that. It probably means. The game was not competitive. Mm -hmm. To a point where I'm like. Why am I watching it? And I think you phrased mm-hmm. it around, like, I like blowouts. I, I, I've come around to thinking about it over the past 10 minutes, and I, I do like them, but I like them because they're rare. If they were common, they'd be terrible. Like, yeah. I don't want to watch the same, you know, 70-20 game all the time, but it's certainly exciting when it's on. I mean, I was, I was watching that game, well, at a bar with a bunch of other games, but I was certainly watching it a lot, and it was fun to watch every time i looked over to the tv i'm like oh the dolphins have the ball at the 20 yard line again oh it's raheem mostert
2: again one one quick question with that is so what about the um the you know the the 16 and or the 19 and 1 patriot season or whatever was that they're winning every game by like 40 was that not fun every time even though it kept happening
3: Um, I mean, it was fun as a fan, but in terms of watching the games, hard to say, um, it's a little, I think it's different if it's, if it's your team that you're rooting for. I think the rules go out the window. Cause again, with football, like a lot of times if I'm watching a football game and the Patriots aren't playing, I'm watching primarily for fantasy football. And in that sense... Offensive scoring is what makes it fun. Uh, You know, a a double field goal, 6-6 tie game is probably not a great fantasy football game for anyone. (laughs) So in that regard, like, yeah, you want those high scoring games. But if I'm watching Patriots, I guess the rules go out the window. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a tricky one. Yeah.
1: And I thought, you know, you mentioned something important, Max, which is lack of competition, and um, blowouts are, are usually not competitive. I do think I prefer, I might prefer a, a pro blowout uh, or a professional blowout because there's, there is this idea of parity. Like if you're a professional in a professional league, like you should be competitive. And so the fact that there are blowouts, like that emphasizes the rarity of it. Like, um, well, traditionally Oregon blowing out Colorado should not shock anybody because Oregon has been really good for a while I think we we looked this up individually recently Colorado has had two winning seasons on the last 20 years necessarily they're they are not they are not equals like Oregon is way better and that's fine but Colorado could go and play I don't know, someone like a real bottom feeder, like say UVA in football, and they'd probably blow them out. And we would expect the same thing because you look, you look at how they are and their players and everything else. Um, so college, I, I like don't like it as much because it feels kind of icky. Like these are, these are literal children who are, are trying their best and stuff. But I do really like the pro blowouts. But the thing that can be annoying is like close does not equal competitive. And to take a college example again... There are so many games where UVA basketball ends up winning by seven points. And it may look close from an outside observer. And, like, I'm stressed the whole time because that's just how I watch UVA basketball. But it's immensely frustrating because it's never particularly competitive. It's just annoyingly close. And so give me the blowout. So there aren't these second-guessing questions. We're not going, like, oh, Matt LaFleur is better at math than Josh McDaniels. Like, no – give me the extremes and that's what leads to with the Colorado working game there is something very righteous about a blowout like you you can be so certain of your point of view for a week but you just feel that you're so correct like Dan landing is the best you know uh coach ever which is not necessarily true well, well Meanwhile, to be fair yeah. i don't know
0: if you know this but Colorado was playing for clicks and Oregon was playing for wins.
1: Yeah, but, but you get, so, but there, again, there's something, so we can just, we can just point to it. We can push that narrative. Whereas Ryan Day, like deciding that very old Lou Holtz is worth going after. It's Jesus Christ. Buddy, buddy, we can, we can do all this second guessing and say that, well, uh, Marcus Freeman um, didn't have enough (laughs) players. Let me say that differently. He could have had more players in the field multiple times and chose not to do that instead. So there's all this second guessing. Sean Payton sucked on Sunday, was the worst coach in the entire league on Sunday. I can say that unequivocally. Like, I feel so (laughs) righteous about that. And that is fun. That is awesome. And you don't get that in a competitive game as much because you can Monday morning quarterback all day.
0: Well, either that or you get the version of the blowout that I prefer... Where it's it's not necessarily that one team has just completely shat the bed. It's that the mm-hmm. the team that is doing the blowing out is just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it's the the opposing team could do whatever they want. It's not going to matter. Like that is mm-hmm. the that's the really fun blowout to me, and that's one of the reasons that I I loved the Colorado like the Oregon Colorado game it's not really that Colorado like made a bunch of mistakes they didn't hand the game away to Oregon they were just outmatched and Oregon kicked their ass up and down the entire field they you know threw a little dirt in their eyes <laughs> doing a fake punt from within <laughs> their own red zone and succeeding um but like, yeah, and they got the Bo Nix once on the goal
2: line. They were like tackling him. He's like, "I'm still gonna throw the touchdown." Like <laughs> you may have gotten to me, but
0: <laughs> yeah. So like the the platonic ideal of the blowout is something like that, where you just you can appreciate even even though you maybe sometimes are hoping for a competitive game. Like you can appreciate that you are essentially you're watching the highest form of the art and that's yeah. pretty cool
1: mm-hmm. max curious. you were gonna say something but i'm reminded of something that will yeah well because
3: you said a close game does not necessarily mean it's competitive mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I don't really know that i agree with that but i don't really i don't think you mean competitive i think maybe you mean what sean just said which is like it doesn't mean that you're watching a good version of the sport is that uh, maybe what I, you meant i mean, I, I mean like, what i if it's said close, isn't it competitive by definition?
0: I don't think so. I think there's an element... I, I, I get what you're saying. T- to me, I think there's something more to it being competitive than just it is possible that either team could win this game. Like... I'm trying to figure out how to explain it right. Maybe we, we need t- to
3: talk definition of
0: competitive, because I'm not... I, mm. I, I think competitive... To me competitive implies at a base level yes of course there is a necessary condition that it be close enough that either team could plausibly win but like i think it also at least to me it also implies that like both teams are are capable not just capable of winning by the crude teams
3: trying to lose
0: Right. Yes. Yeah, I, that's, I, I'm getting there. I'm like, yeah. I
3: mentioned Colts Titans and I'm like, I watched the, what was it? The nine, nine game last year. And it was like, neither team is going to win that game. It was, which team is going to lose this game first.
0: Right. Like this, this NBA season that is about Spread. to start, there will be, you know, there will be games between the Charlotte Hornets and I like the Pacers. And <laughs> I, some of those games might be close, I'm not sure I would call any of them competitive, yeah yeah but, oh, and the,
1: you go ahead Kevin
0: uh, I just, since we just moved to the
2: nBA it's I, I think that that is a sport where I don't actually really like the blowouts um hmm. because there will be games well for a couple of reasons one is there will also be games between the um like the hornets and the bulls where one team wins by 30 just because they started the game off and they just made, you know, twenty three pointers in the first half. And then it's like, all right, well, that, was, uh, you know, that wasn't that was all that fun. And then also there are times in the, in the playoffs where in a seven-game series, it'll be like, oh, Team A blows out Team B, and then Team B blows out Team A. And it's like, I, I mean, sometimes the NBA games can kind of just be a bit like, oh, one team made a bunch of three-pointers in the first half, and then yeah. they played to a stalemate the rest of the game.
1: Well, and that that kind of speaks to, to Sean's point about sometimes you just fire on all c- cylinders and others you don't. I think in football, I, think in the NBA, there are, I guess, yeah. sorry, but just in the NBA, I think the main thing with me is that
2: firing on all cylinders is generally like, oh, they hit a bunch of corner three pointers. Uh,
1: yeah. And, yeah, well, there's, that's burn. the morification of, of basketball, and it has its pluses and minuses. But, you know, if I'm going to say something that's positive for NBA blowouts, Um, A blowout means that you're probably going to see people you don't normally see. And, uh, you know, sometimes Ty Jerome will come in and, like, he'll make a couple threes, and you're like, that's cool. And now he's kind of almost... He's not actually an NBA veteran because he's on a bunch of two-way contracts. But, like, there are beneficial things, and I appreciate seeing that, but that's kind of NBA-specific. But I, I get your point. Like, when there are fewer games which the NFL has uh, football has um, a blowout happens and it's it's a bit I feel like it's a bit more spectacular because you have all this time to prepare and it, everything. it's and, fewer and games it
0: cool. and also significantly fewer scoring plays. yes the dolphins scoring 70 points in a game represents scoring 10 times. the yeah. pacers scoring 70 points represents. At the absolute bare minimum, scoring in some form or fashion, twenty four times. Mm-hmm. And you can so, get you can you, so it's, it's less repetitive. Mm-hmm.
1: So, and and I I do want to come back to, the, the close versus competitive thing, and also to go back to football. Um, so so first, Max. When we talk about the difference between close versus competitive, I think a game where it might resonate more with you is the the Rams Patriots Super Bowl, which hopefully no one watched. That game was close, but was it competitive? Was there was there ever doubt that the Patriots were going to win? I don't know that there was. I mean, hindsight is is twenty twenty, but. And, and we need, to, we need to
0: stipulate the recent one, the like the thirteen to three one, not the not Sorry. the first um, Brady one, not
1: the not the yeah, not the good one. Which I believe that was a, a well, that obviously was a competitive game because Adam Minutieri won it with a field goal because that's all they did previously. <laughs> so that game was close. The more recent one, but I don't think it was competitive that's kind of what I'm getting at. And the UVA basketball is another example. Like they play all these games where it ends up being close at the end. It's a five point game. You knew the UVA was going to win and they were just going to do annoying stuff and decide that offense is for squares, like even though they're very square in that. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm thinking of. But also I think, I think to Sean, your point of firing all cylinders and like an example of given time and space, One of the coolest blowouts that I can think of was the Denver Broncos, uh, Carolina Panthers Super Bowls, uh, was their Super Bowl. Because going to that Super Bowl, and I think some of us watched it together, I think everybody expected the Panthers to win. They had Cam Newton, who was having like the best stretch of time in maybe any quarterback's career ever, just one of the coolest players, uh, Cam Newton was. And they go into that game and get absolutely boat raced by a Denver Broncos team led by someone who's just Chad Pennington with a different uh, with a different name yeah. on the back of his jersey. And that's so I, cool.
2: I, I think for me, um, I'm in the blowouts, but I, I guess I don't like them in the playoffs um, unless it's my team. Uh, I didn't enjoy that Super Bowl. I did not enjoy the, the Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl. I didn't. Enjoy it when I didn't enjoy the um Hunkin books, but I didn't no, no. enjoy this uh, past basketball tournament where UConn wasn't tested once. Like I, I for whatever reason, just in the playoffs, uh, it it even if it's like wow, that UConn team, that Villanova team, they're really good. No one's gonna beat them. It's like okay, well,
1: I guess what I'm I saying kind of is in I'm retrospect, in retrospect, I'm saying that I'm looking at it and I. And thinking of it in terms of the, you know, Sean, you talked about firing on all cylinders. The execution of the game plan had to be so tremendous for that to work. And I don't, in the sure. moment, it's hard to give that weight. That's uh, kind of what I'm getting. At.
0: I feel, I feel, I need to cut in and ask you, Pierce, if you have any idea what the score of that Broncos Panther Super Bowl was. Was it
1: was it closer than I realized? I, in my head, it's it was like 38 to 13 or something.
0: It was 24-10. And I and the Broncos my... scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter.
2: So that, okay. I think that's one of those no man land no man's land games where it's like it's a blowout, but you still need to watch it because it's well, it's not out of reach. It's like because then maybe a team will will blow a lead. Um, whereas... Oh, that was
0: no, that was that was a UVA basketball ass game. That was just yeah. the Broncos yeah. defense. Came out and said, "We're a fucking boa constrictor, and we are going to yeah. crush the life out of you over this it's, entire game, and you are not going to be able to do anything."
3: It's like the opposite of what Pierce was saying. It's where it's it's a blowout, but the score maybe doesn't reflect it. Like,
0: yeah. But this this brings uh, yeah. this brings up a, a thing that I think matters, which is that you know this preference probably goes out the window. It definitely for me it goes out the window. When there are really high stakes on a game, like when when you go into a Super Bowl, you go into a championship game, uh, a playoff game, like this is this is a tense environment, and you want to feel like you want to feel the emotion of having to like invest in this game and and there being some suspense to it. Um, that the the. Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl was terrible it was a total waste of time mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, think that's what I remember saying, that right
3: like in the playoffs yeah
0: it doesn't yeah. matter because at the, well, once you
3: get to the playoffs it's like okay the blowouts were fun like now I want to see the best of the best duke it out in the most competitive exciting games possible so when you get a blowout in the playoffs or the Super Bowl or any sort of you know March Madness I think there is yeah. a disappointment to it that's like oh you know we waited all season and and that's what we got. It's just a combination, so, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, I. But I. I think. Or one thing I was I was kind of I thought experiment was that, I, it is so fun to go to a game that your team, absolutely crushes it in. Uh, like uh, Pierce and I went to a UVA second round tournament game, and um, they just won wire to wire. And it was so fun, and I was kind of in my head. I was like, "Well, if I'm you know making the effort to to go to the game, it'd be nice if it was like a close one." But once we were like up ten, and the, at the beginning of the game, it was like, "No, let's just like let's just keep rolling." Like this is the mm-hmm. because the energy at the beginning of the game is is so intense. But like, let's say I flew to Phoenix and spent a ton of money on Super Bowl tickets, which you know I, I wouldn't do. But like, if I did, do I think that I would want my team to? Do, if do I think that I would want to be on the winning side of even like the the Seahawks denver game like I don't know I mean, if I put that much effort in maybe I would all of a sudden want to close game but it's hard to know
3: uh, I think you'd want to win but I can't I don't know um
2: I think it might be with. So with the with the tournament game we went to, it was essentially a home game for UVA. Like if it was I feel like with the Super Bowl it'd probably be more neutral and then maybe it's like I don't because the, the crowd energy is what's so fun. Yeah. And so if you don't get that, then maybe it wouldn't be.
3: I've got a thought experiment because none of us are Dolphins fans. So the Dolphins are on target to score an outrageous amount of points this season, theoretically speaking. They mm-hmm. only played three games. Hypothetically they continue to dominate and score just their their offense looks unstoppable. I've watched two of their three games and like let's say hypothetically they make it to the Super Bowl and they keep just scoring and scoring and scoring. At that point does your rule kind of go out the window? Do you kind of hope that they just score 60 in the Super Bowl or do you root for them to get stopped? Or do you just root for still root for a close game? Like I just—is I, th- there any? Oh, new I, I, root, eyes I root for
2: or them. Like, I, I root for a game to be like seventy to sixty. That's what I <laughs> well, root for. Like I, I, just, I, I, I miss the bus. That, yeah,
1: that's why you watch USC play football because they they just don't believe in defense. They just expect to outscore you. Um, it's it's kind of it. Well, it's it's uh, you know when Sean and I talked about. Uh, the other football um we talked about the the idea of like possession and and sometimes offense is the best defense in that you're defending by not letting the other person have have the ball at all but there's there's something about the way the dolphins are playing that it's like well you're going to score a touchdown and you're probably going to do it quickly so that that does become problematic so maybe the 70 to 60 is possible or it's just 90 to 20 instead i I don't know but yeah i I think this concept of in the playoffs you as a viewer are owed something i totally get that but for me but it it, but for me i'm watching the playoffs because i want to see the really excellent teams and if one team especially in football on this one day if one team is just way better than the other one like i have to accept that that's a possible outcome And if what you're talking about, Max, is that the Dolphins continue to be head and shoulders above all these other teams and just no one can keep up with them, I know that going in, and that sounds pretty cool. Would I like them to play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and it be 75 to 45? That would be really fun and cool, but um, that probably won't happen.
0: Yeah, I think the dream in that scenario is that like you start getting into these deep playoff games and into like into a Super Bowl type game and what you hope for is that you get to see an opposing defense give the dolphins some resistance but they maybe still break through anyway like i'm i'd probably yeah. want to see them score 40 mhm that sounds like a nice sweet spot yeah
1: I mean if if they if they I mean if they, they won four they didn't score yeah. that
3: much against the Patriots, so they might not actually be that good. But.
1: Maybe maybe that is a karma thing. Maybe McDaniel is is uh worried that, that the the god of football, Bill Belichick, will well, somehow you know orchestrate things so that later on the karma comes to him. Well, I think he's the holder I, of all of it. I
2: think if they were had seventy points against the Patriots, they would have been like, We're gonna go get hundred points today
1: yeah
3: we're kicking the field goal
1: well they they also have to they also have to play the the Patriots twice and if you score 70 on someone and you have to play them again and I where was the first game was it in was it in uh, Foxborough or where was it
3: I believe it was in Foxborough yeah
1: all right well that's fine but I'm saying if your first game was in Miami and you scored 70 and like really beat them senseless and knew you had to go to Foxborough I wouldn't I wouldn't put that on my players to have to deal with going to uh, (laughs) a hostile environment after like uh, blowouts blowouts are uh, we haven't said this, but blowouts are unnecessary, unnecessary by definition. Like you've won the game, the, the, all the, I think they've gone through the internet the last few days, but like, he's already dead type thing. Definitely plays here. Blowouts are unnecessary, but like, They are very teachable moments. It reinforces, hey, you were so good today, or we need to be better, um, as the Broncos offensive lineman said in his interview after the game, which I think is really wonderful and beautiful. And there's a lot to learn from that from like humility and drive and how, how good these professionals are in expressing serious hurt about losing too, as much as winning. And I think that that's really important in like blowouts suck for somebody and someone else celebrates but both of those are valid feelings and if you're if you're playing for the Raiders right now and and you just had your coach make this boneheaded decision like how are you supposed to feel like I played well enough to win the game but we lost or if you're a Notre Dame player who who was you know like we could have stopped this guy on the goal line but there was no one there because there was a coaching mistake like those are hard feelings to deal with so and I know that's that's life. Life is gray areas. But I kind of appreciate being able to experience the catharsis of that was a great day or that was a really bad day. What do I learn from it?
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Pierce, I don't know if you've listened to the shutdown full cast yet this week. Uh, if you haven't and don't want me to spoil a, a reveal, I won't ask you a, a question.
1: I've listened to all but, like, the last 10 minutes of it. I think,
0: okay, so, so so then you know uh, where Josh McDaniels got his start in coaching.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Oh.
0: He was a grad assistant at Michigan State under the tenure of Nick Saban.
2: Hmm.
0: He's worked for arguably the two best football coaches of the last – several decades and and two two people as they pointed out uh certainly not known for catastrophic game management failures
1: yeah i you know less miles is in a bar somewhere going seriously this guy's an idiot and that is really saying something yeah
0: yep all right, uh, let's move on to Pierce is sorry. what are you apologizing for today? So uh,
1: we we alluded to uh, a really <laughs> in truth, it is a very big game depending how you look at it. Uh, big game this weekend in Chestnut Hill um, it, just outside of Boston. I, I don't know if it's technically in Boston but UVA is playing uh, Boston College in a game that neither of them have to play, but inevitably someone will win, and that will probably be their only win on the ACC calendar this year. So it's a very big game in that sense. Last Friday night at the time of this recording, UVA played NC State in a game that... It was close. I don't know that it was competitive. It was just very stupid, Um, and it was... uh, no one enjoyed watching that at all but my apology this week is i went to dinner and went to dinner about the time that the game was being played and i knew it was on espn so i asked someone where i was to put the game on (laughs) and i have i i like very much did not disclose this to you all until now (laughs) i watched the game at manuals so, so one of one of the Atlanta area's <laughs> greatest institutions, I besmirched and spoiled it. <laughs> with this is a oh. place where like every every important democratic uh, politician for years um, has has gone through, and uh, I I was like, please put on, please put on the Brennan Armstrong revenge tour game so that I can well. I didn't stay till the end when there were three uh personal personal fouls, but uh yeah, it was a really bad game to make someone put on TV.
0: I'm booking you a one way ticket to The Hague, you fucking war
1: criminal. <laughs> hey that is too god. nice a jail for my crime. Too nice a jail. My, for my crime.
0: god. Alright. Um let's see. I didn't really have a big idea. I'll let you behind the curtain. We're recording this one day after the last recording. I didn't have a big idea from pop culture then. So the closest thing I have uh, today is that uh, I am finally getting started on um, season three of Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. Uh, oh. And it's, like, it's fun. I'm not sure it's a particularly good good show necessarily but it's fun um and it's just got a really good ensemble cast and it got even better because they added Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep this year um so that might be might be your thing um I'll check back in once I've had a chance to catch up on the uh the final seasons of both Billions and Archer, which are running right now. Archer still on the air. Season fourteen, kind of ludicrous, huh?
3: Did, did Only Murders bring in Matthew Broderick as well? Was that the latest season?
0: Yes. I think it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. That's fine too. Um, short arc for him, I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Very. Uh, Alright, uh, Max, do you have a trivia question for us today?
3: I do. Yes. Wow. <clears throat> wow. I'm back on my, my normal bullshit, which is coming up with trivia questions sort of based on current events. So, I haven't actually played bar trivia in, in, a, in a few weeks now, so I don't wow. have a, a back pocket of, of answers. Yeah, uh, Bridget's been sick, so we just haven't, we haven't done a lot of social activities. Um, so, you may know But uh, after, um, uh, you know, somewhat recovering from being in the hospital, uh, Senator Fetterman from Pennsylvania has been attending Senate things in uh, an unusual dress code. He's been wearing a a hoodie and and shorts. So last Monday, the 21st of September, uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer basically said hey let's not enforce what is an unwritten dress code they realized hey the senate's never had a written dress code uh and as of yesterday the senate now does have a written dress code i don't know if you heard but the democrats and republicans came together to uh pass a bipartisan resolution to require business attire on the floor of the senate uh which for men shall include a coat tie slacks or other long pants so now there is a formal dress code in the Senate. Uh, this is not the question, um, but I am curious if you can tell me, because uh, I thought that the—let um, well, me find it somewhere— uh, the reactions, first of all, to the— there's no dress code for women in the new dress code. Um, but a specific senator, after Monday, Monday's uh, announcement around not enforcing the dress code, responded that she planned to, quote, Wear a bikini tomorrow to the Senate floor. Does anyone know who said that? That's not the trivia question. I'm just curious. I do. Who said that? Was
1: it was it Kirsten Cinema? Nope. It was, was it the Arkansas lady? No.
0: It was nope. Susan fucking Collins. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, man.
3: <laughs> yes, it was. It was Susan Collins. But anyway, so we're going to go back in the history machine. I, I was curious. This led me to a question. So the, the Senate up until uh, yesterday has not had a formal dress code. <laughs> And so there's been some flexibility and notable deviations in the past. In the late 1990s, Senator Trent Lott instituted Trent Lott.
0: He's a bad man. I've met
1: Trent Lott. I've talked to Trent Lott okay. before. Well, then this question is, is <laughs> friend of the friend of the Well, actually not not actually he, very <laughs> much not friend right, of the pod. No,
0: change. I He's a bad man, is he not? Senator uh, Trent yeah. Lott of Mississippi
3: <laughs> instituted um, a a a a unwritten dress code for Thursdays as a nod to the days before air conditioning, um, and a reminder that the Senate isn't just a bunch of dour folks wearing dark suits. Um, what clothing tradition did Senator Trent Lott institute?
1: I know the answer to this this question. I, as soon
3: as, well, th- I had to change the question because the question was clearly much easier for you. So I um. I had to do an audible. Clearly, sure.
0: I'll. I'll, I got to guess. I mean, yeah. uh, I I got one too. Sure. Do you go for Sean? Tie dye Thursdays.
2: I am going to go. um, Well, between two options, between either Hawaiian shirts or college apparel, I'm going to go. College apparel,
1: seersucker. Fuck off, seersucker. Yeah,
3: fuck off. It was not toga Tuesdays, which is what I wanted. It was in fact seersucker Thursdays. Um, yeah, I don't know how long those went for, or if people wore them, but um, yeah,
1: uh, I, I will, I will, I will share Leave this. Um, uh, I will share this in in you know. You can, you can look up Trent Lott and, and why he is no longer or was no longer an active politician. Um, but when I when I met him, uh, I, I said, you know, hey, I went, I, I go to UVA because you know it's college intern. And he goes, so are are they gonna are, are they are they gonna rehire President Sullivan? because that was like during in the midst of that and it's it's very jarring to have someone who should have no awareness of that assault all being like hey the university you're going to and how they're having this meltdown right now do you think that they're going to get it together and me being like i don't know man so that was an interesting moment but uh definitely a seer sucker guy
0: all right uh that is the end of the show you can find us at our home on the web at www.prettyokpod.com or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice we'll be back again soon to talk about something else until then i'm sean i
3: pierce I'm,
0: I'm kevin thanks for listening